Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic-Con. I am Ryan, your host, and you know what I love? I love every week going to see a new movie with friends that I love. Aww. Hi, James. How's it going? Hi. Am I? Did, did yeah, you're the friend, James. Oh, 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 good. Oh, good. Oh, man. I was nervous. You know, I can't say Mick and RJ, because, you know, do I love them? I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> it was funny, because uh, we realized that... Mick and RJ pretty much come to see a movie every year on the 24-hour film festival weekend. 48-hour. Um, 48-hour film festival. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is why Brad's not here. Yep. Yeah. So, that's interesting. Yeah. He got dark comedy, though. That's... Uh, Did he really? Yeah, that's right up his alley. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. I'm excited to see that one, then. Yeah, I remember... I think I saw... Uh, I don't know if you still want to see it. I saw... Uh, uh, what do they call those? The slates? Um, oh, the 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 thing that goes clap. Yeah, and it's, then it's, it's like, like a slate. Right? Start your movie. Yeah, yeah, right. I think it's called a slate. I think it said like the. Or, I remember it reading that it's the diary of Anne Frank. Oh was no. the title? I don't know what it's about. Um, Brad can chime in next week and let us know. Oh, oh no! Some things aren't funny. <laughs> but you know what? If someone can make it funny, maybe Brad can make. Uh, the extermination of the Jewish people funny. I don't know. Oh, shoot. This is just... Uh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be... But I will probably enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I- I'm sure it'll be funny. Yeah. Uh, Brad really excels at that dark comedy stuff. Yeah. And if you're wondering what dark comedy stuff Brad's done that he's excelled at, did you know that there's a limited number, James, of Real Nerds Pod Show Blu-ray DVDs left of season one? Are there now? Yeah. If you email us at realnerds at gmail.com and let us know that you want a copy... We'll tell you how you can get one for twelve dollars. Yeah, it's or cheap. Yeah, that's super cheap. It has an over an hour of bonus features. Mm-hmm. The it's got over an hour. Of yeah, the just outtakes bloopers. is an hour long. Man. Um, but you factor in the hour long commentary. Oh man. Yeah. What a beautiful, beautiful thing to own. It's mm-hmm. on my DVD shelf because on the star. Prominently. Yes. Also, too, if you don't want to talk to us or email us you can go to colorado coins cards and comics on 6700 wadsworth boulevard and guess what you can find it in the local talent shelf they have only one copy left why don't people want to talk to us or email us why don't why don't why, why don't they like us i don't know it's probably something you said oh that's probably true i think it has something to do with you not liking some movie that everybody else likes uh twilight maybe twilight yeah no. 
Game of Thrones. It's all the shit I talk about. Yeah, Game it's of probably Thrones. you know it probably is Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, but every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we went and saw The Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah! Is it The Guardians of the Galaxy or just Guardians of the Galaxy? I think it's just Guardians of the Galaxy. Forwards. Cool. Yeah. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast. We will play you the finger snapping trailer for Guardians. We also have a really cool uh, clip from Guardians of the Galaxy that we'll play for you about halfway through the review. Um and we'll let you know if you should go see it. We also talk about a comic book you should be reading, movies we've been watching, stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray, box office numbers, and movie news. We are a movie podcast because we love movies. Most of the time. Sometimes yeah. we hate movies. Yeah. Not real often. I don't know when the last time I like. Uh, yeah, when's the last time you really hated. hated I think the last movie I did not enjoy was maybe Machete Kills. That's true. Yeah, that was one where I was, re- I was mad at that movie. Yeah. Sure. You know, even I, Frankenstein, I'm like, meh. At least yeah, he, I was just bored. Yeah, at least he hits gargoyles and they blow up. Yeah, like you know? <laughs> yeah, that one. That one didn't have as much potential to be something amazing. Yeah, um, and every you know every time about around this time of the year when it gets into August, I start to think that oh yeah, Muppets Most Wanted came out this year. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it, yeah. This is when we're getting far enough into the year, and I was thinking the other day I'm gonna have to go back and see what stuff I've missed because uh, I just feel like they're I don't know. Right now, I'm I'm feeling like it, or at least before this week, I was feeling a little bit lacklustery. You know, I was like thinking back and going like, I don't know that I have anything special on my list. You know, anything yeah. that was like really struck close to home that I was like, oh man, I love that movie. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I cried twice in one movie this year. Well, uh, yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that movie touched me more than um, a hooker on payday. <laughs> her payday or her payday? Because you pay her, then she touches oh, okay. you. Oh, okay. What do you want to start with, James? Uh, how about just some statistics? Cool. This is the box office stats. Wrong weekend, James. But, but that's okay. <laughs> that's <right. laughs> uh, last weekend, the movie that made the most money was Lucy at $42 million, I believe. Uh, yeah, 40, 43, almost 44. Almost 44. Which, which actually, is actually, man, that's, shocking. that's huge. Yeah. Like, good for that movie? Yeah. Did you go see it? I did. What Was it bad? Oh man, it's uh, it's made by a French guy. And, yeah, but I like uh, that French guy. Yeah, he's all right. Um, or at least I used to. The thing that bugs me, honestly, is um, so she untaps this potential in her brain, yada 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 yada, whatever. Um, and I expect like kick-ass fight scenes from Luc Besson, and you know what, James? There was none. Really? In the trailer where she like moves her hands and everybody slides away. Yeah. That's like all the fight scenes. Oh. And she has one where she breaks out and shoots people, but eh. Yeah. Nothing that I say, oh, cool. That just makes me so excited. Yay. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of hoping it would at least have that. Uh, what me and Brad saw last week, Hercules did uh, 20-something million, which is, you know, not bad. Yeah. Um you know, it's interesting. You saw it last week, too. I did. Uh, so I'll I guess, talk, we'll talk, we'll about, talk it about it later. Um, and I see that you've already brought up some other movies that have come out. I watched that movie this week on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah so uh, in uh, 1983, <laughs> this is the week that uh, Vacation came out, the original Vacation, yeah. or, you know, last weekend uh, was, um, which is cool. I, I really like that movie. Have I ever told you the story about when my parents rented that? Hmm, so I think so, yeah, but we, tell it to the audience. Yeah. We had just gone. I was like 10, I think. Uh, and we had just like taken this drive uh, from where we live in Denver 
uh, out to California to go to you know Disney World and all that stuff. And we did we called it this the Whirlwind California tour because we also went to Vegas and we went to you know all these different places uh, on the way out there. And the whole trip, my my folks kept making jokes about going to Wally World, and we were like, my my brother and I were like, what are you talking about? Like we don't get this. And mm-hmm. My parents would make references to the vacation, and then they'd be like, oh man, you guys have never seen vacation. And then they were like, they were so disappointed that they had taken this trip without showing us vacation. And so when we got back, they were like, well, we have to show you guys National Lampoon's vacation. And they go to the Blockbuster at the time, and they get a VHS and a clamshell, and they bring it back. And it's not until they're in the car, and they're driving home, and they look down, and they go, well, this movie's rated R. And they thought, well, James is 10. I mean, it can't be too bad. Like, is there just some swearing? And they're like, what? Oh... Oh wait, do you you don't actually see her naked in that shower at the beginning, do you? I don't know. Anyway, so they get back to home and they're like, <laughs> "Well, we're going to watch Vacation anyway." So, my dad says this. He says, "Guys, this movie's rated R. So if you see anything you're not supposed to see, cover your eyes. If you hear anything you're not supposed to hear, cover your ears. And if anybody ever asks you, you saw this at a friend's house." <laughs> and then we watched Vacation. And sure enough, there's, you know, there's nudity and swearing and, you know, jokes about the, I, I literally just watched this. The nudity yeah. is like really quick though. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and not terribly nice. No. Nah. It wasn't it wasn't like, "Oh, all right." It was like, yeah. eh, "All right. Yeah. Cool." I'm trying, yeah. I don't know why it's necessarily there, other than the fact that, like, in the 80s, if you wanted to have a comedy like that. It's like that, a teen. Same thing as comedy. today, right? Yeah. You throw a little nudity in there just to get the kids out. Yeah. Um, because, you know, uh, my, my favorite parts of that, and I'll just talk about it now because it doesn't matter, um, yeah. is when Clark is driving and Christy Brinkley drives by and that one song always comes on. And yeah. It's just silly. <laughs> um, uh, sharing a beer with Russ. and uh, oh, I, I love the whole thing with Aunt Edna. Like, everything to do with Aunt Edna was just... I love that part of that movie. Uh, when they <laughs> when they get pulled over by the cop and realize mm-hmm. that they've drugged the dog to death. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's great. I need to see that again. I Yeah, I've always really liked <laughs> you it. You can borrow if you like it. That's actually a pretty cool Blu-ray. The, oh, yeah? It's a 30th anniversary one. They, just because the cop is all pissed off, and then after Clark explains it to him, you know, he says, all right, well, i got to get out of here. i got to clean something off the road. <laughs> <laughs> of course, now I don't know if you can get away with a joke like that, but... Yeah, I think it's great. That's funny. Uh, this is also the weekend that the uh, Waterworld came out. Really? Yeah, uh, to a whopping twenty-one million dollars, which was, of course, you know, well, the, ninety-five. Time, How much money is that? Ninety-five. At the time, it was not it. enough. So it was it was still number one that weekend. Um, but that movie was still the the biggest flop ever at the time it came out. Um, it's been surpassed now, but because uh, it was by Pluto Nash. Um, <laughs> it, I think Pluto Nash was for a while actually. Yeah, I think it made like two million dollars on a ninety million dollar budget or something. Yeah, uh, but Waterworld was one hundred and seventy five million, and when you only make twenty in your first week, that's not wow. It only ended up worldwide. It made one hundred and sixty four, but still, like, that's here's not. the crazy thing though: is uh, people hate that movie. I see it on Blu-ray now, and I'm really tempted to get it. I know. I, I, rem- I remember it not being bad because I was young. Yeah. And but um, I'm interested to see it again. And I'm not even sure that I've ever like watched it straight through. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I saw like all of it, but on TV, so I would see it in different like I'd see different chunks of it, right? Um, and I always thought it was interesting, but I don't think I ever like really yeah. sat down and examined it as a film to Me figure too. out like whether or not the pace works or the story is shit. Um, yeah, I think maybe I my that more he drinks his own pee. Yeah, my more mature film watching yeah. now might change my opinion on it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I watch it be like, oh, you know what? They're right. This yeah. movie is garbage. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, cool. 
Uh, you want to do DVDs? Sure. Blu-rays? Sure. DVD releases and Blu-rays. I had to say DVDs this week because I know. Community comes out this week, and it only comes out on DVD. So what weird. the hell? I know. Uh, I guess I don't want to spend the extra 40 cents for the Blu-ray disc. There's a lot of comedies, though, that are like that for yeah. some reason. Um, so. Season 5 was good. Yeah. 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 I like Season 5. Uh, I need to go back and rewatch the whole thing because I feel like I jumped around a lot. But um, Divergent, which was that that movie that was like like a Hunger Gamesy kind of thing, you know, one of those young yeah. adult books. It did uh, uh, did pretty well. Shailene Woodley. Are they getting? Are they making a sequel? Oh yeah, uh, comes out next year. Wow, wow. Yeah, man, cranking those things out. Uh, God's not dead with Kevin Sorbo. Hey, did you know You're, that that made eighty million dollars? I would I would have expected. <laughs> I no. can't believe that. Yep. I don't remember ever seeing an ad for it, and I think it's because... You don't I, have to. Christians turn up, man. I, but I don't watch the right things, I think. Yep. You know what I mean? Because my... Because you don't go to Christian bookstores either. Yeah, and I don't... Because sometimes my wife will be watching the Oprah Network and or something like that, and then a movie trailer will come on, and I'll... I mean, I know the movie's coming out because I follow movies. Yeah. But I'll be like, I've never seen an ad for this movie before, and I don't... Because they're not going to show God's Not Dead on Sports Center. you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, Oculus? What, that was that horror movie from yeah. this year, right? Did you see it? I did. Cover's got a yeah, it's ghost right. in a mirror. It looks like... Uh, I don't it's know. all right. I'll this wait till it's like $7. Um, it does have Karen Gillian in it, though, who, as oh, we yeah, know, yeah. starred in Nebula. Doctor Who and Guardians of the Galaxy. That's cool. Is this the back of her head? Uh, yeah. She's really cute in the movie. Oh, good. Is this, I guess that means this is a wig. Anyway. Uh, or maybe it's just some actress they had stand in front of that because they couldn't get Karen Gillian to do it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, so the twenty first season of Top Gear comes out that. this week. Yeah, I just watched um, an episode. It's cracking me up. They went and got uh, these like really horribly handled sports cars. I forget their names. Oh yeah, and they could only spend like two thousand pounds or something on it. And they each got this different, and they just wrecked them, and it was, <laughs> you know, normal, normal oh, Top yeah. Gear stuff. Oh yeah, and oh. making fun of each other. It was fun. I love that show. Uh, Californication, the final season, comes out this week. I didn't know that show was ending. I, um, I don't think I've ever watched it. So I don't think I have either. Uh, also, season one and two, get ready. The nanny. <laughs> I used to watch that when I was homesick. I did too. Was that ever on primetime? It had to. Have oh been. yeah. Oh no, I remember watching it on primetime. Mm. Like there was, there were a couple weeks where like that was. Because uh, my dad played music in the band at church, so one night a week he would be gone for practice, and so my mom and I would like cook up, you know, a little s- sort of snack meal, and then watch like primetime comedy shows. And did so the nanny like, ever marry Prince. that uh, rich guy? I don't remember. Not in season one or two. <laughs> uh, but we would watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air and the Nanny. Nice man. The nineties were a crazy time. Uh, what is Grizzly? Have you heard of this? Uh, I ha- I've heard of it. I've the, never the, seen the it. The poster looks really cool. I only clicked on it because it looked like it might be 18 like feet a... of bone crunching man eating terror. Oh, I might have man. to get that movie. How much yeah. is it on look Blu-ray? The, look, the gr- look, the grizzly's attacking this helicopter. <laughs> Wait, how much oh is it? Oh, my God. How much is it on Blu-ray? Uh, it's $10. I'll... I think this is a DVD. Oh, man. oh, it's only on DVD. But yeah, it's $11. I might still order that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look, the grizzly. Look, grizzly's attacking this That's lady. That's a cool poster. Actually, that lady has a mustache. Yeah, it is a really cool lady. And then this lady in a bikini is watching the grizzly. It's like the Drew Struzan of horror. Yeah. Like this, the, the bear is attacking the ugly mustached woman while this bikini clad woman just <laughs> watches. Because she's like, well, I'm beautiful. I know I'm safe. Oh, man. Uh, and then uh, Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. Let the games begin. Nice. I didn't know that there were cartoon shows of Pac-Man. 
There is. But uh, you skipped two Scream Factory releases that I'm getting. Did I? Uh, one's oh, called The Phantom of the Paradise, which is oh, a yeah? Brian De Palma horror comedy that's really? glam rock from the 80s. Never heard of it. Never seen it. Um, I, I'm buying it because it's a Scream Factory. But yeah. from what I hear is it's actually pretty good. Hmm. Uh, just didn't get... You know, it's just one of those movies that is good and kind of got lost in the 80s. Yeah. And then another one from the 80s that's never been released on DVD or Blu-ray is called Without Warning. And it's about an alien that kills people. I don't know. Ooh. We'll see. Does it kill them without Without warning, warning dude. Out of nowhere. <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah. So, I'll be getting those, and uh, obviously, I'll be watching them. Also, too, I'm going to tease our fans for next week. Uh, I started... I only need to have one more Star Trek movie to watch, but I promised Brad that I'd wait till he comes back so we can talk about Star Trek. Cool. So that'll oh, be next cool. week. Awesome. So I'll have to I'll have to watch Nemesis then this week. Yep. You will have to watch <sighs> Nemesis this week. All right. I can, I can do that. I can do that. That's the one you haven't seen right yet, right? That's the last one, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Okay. I only have cool. one more, yeah. Oh, man. Shoot. Damn it, Brad. <laughs> I still want to talk to you about First Contact. All right. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, right on. Yeah. Uh, what's next? I don't care. Uh, let's do a comic. Cool. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. You or me? Uh, I don't know. It's too bad. We were, uh, Andrew was supposed to be here from Colorado Coins Card yeah. this week. Uh, the the um, hard thing with Andrew is he has two jobs. Oh, totally. And on Saturday, he works from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. Yeah. Um, And so he told me that his days are getting away from him. Yeah. So no, that's okay. I I just wanted to bring it up because I was really excited about having him on the show. So please, people should still look forward to us getting one here somewhere. It's like I I feel like it's becoming my mission because I really want to, you know. I know. Actually, I was going to tell him because so um, he sent. I said oh, he said I can do it on Sunday. Um, I I really I was going to say to him. I says, well, me and James can drive up to your store. Oh hell and yeah! Record it in the store. Um, oh hell yeah! Oh, so that would be cool. Maybe maybe we can work that out so he yeah. doesn't because uh, he's so busy. So no worries. Um, you know what? Whatever. We both can pick one. Yeah. I So I've become a Batgirl fan. Um, awesome. I've always liked her character design. Uh, and let me preface this by saying uh, the Barbara Gordon Batgirl. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics this week, and I don't know why I decided I was going to flip through the Batman and Robin Adventures <laughs> like uh, books, but I got this really cool one, and it's actually kind of a, a rare comic. Um, and it's... Batman and Robin Adventures, number 21, and Batman and Robin are not in it, but it's the Batgirl trying to save her father who's kidnapped by the Riddler, so she has to solve the riddles that the Riddler's leaving all over town. Yeah. And it's a, it's a pretty fun little comic. It's a, it's a cool, like, little one-shot, and I always think it's fun when the Riddler leaves, you know, uh, his first clue is Edgar Allan Poe's, uh, I mean, Lewis Carroll's first poem, and they, she has to go around town and figure out um, what each of these little clues are, and then... Through the course of the, the comic, she realizes that he's actually using words from each location that he's at. So she has to put them together before midnight or he's going to kill Commissioner Gordon. And mm. and then at the end of the uh, – he escapes Arkham. And as he's escaping, he grabs Commissioner Gordon and he says um, – he holds up a, a vial of chemicals and he says, this could kill a hundred things without even uh, – as soon as it hits the ground – and Batgirl figures out that uh, he never says people, and so it's like uh, a bug killer, and so she knows his threat is, you know, empty. Yeah. It's a fun little comic, and it's drawn in the animated series style, 
Um, so it's really cool. It's a really easy read. Cool. Uh, I think it's really hard to find because I paid $9 for it. So. Oh, wow. And for, yeah, for a comic in the middle of a run, I think it lasted for 25 issues, something that's, you know, not that cool. It must be a really hard to find issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I looked it up on Comics Price Guide, and yeah, they even had it for seven, so. Hmm. Interesting. So it Very must be a, a hard one to find. The cover's really cool. It's Batgirl hanging on uh, the Riddler's little question mark. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So that's it's, cool. Yeah. So that's a fun one. Neat. Neat, neat. Um, it's funny. I've been uh, all week with, with Guardians of the Galaxy coming out. I keep telling people about uh, issue zero, um, which was if you, you know, before the first issue of the series that they just re-released, uh, which I would hope that this issue is also in the trade. I've got to expect it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like the primer that they put out as like a, a teaser for the whole series. Um, and it on its own, I think is just like hysterical and a really funny sort of introduction into, into like what guardians of the galaxy really is and what the tone is. Uh, cause I had picked it up and like, you know, this was two, two and a half years ago. Um, so I knew that the movie was coming and I knew I didn't really know much about the guardians. Uh, so I picked it up and issue zero is like, it's basically the story of Peter Quill's dad. Mm. Um, and he, it, it starts off like very, uh, very rep- reminiscent of like a, a, an early Superman kind of story where it's just, it's very innocent until like this alien crashes in this farm and like this woman is living alone at this farmhouse and she takes him in to take care of is this him. This by Bendis? Yeah, yeah, it's by Bendis. Um, and it just feels very, I was, I was just like disappointed at first because I just felt like, well, this feels very, you know, golden and silver agey in the way that the story is constructed. Like, okay, like they're going to fall in love and like then something's going to happen. Like space aliens are going to come and kill him or whatever. Um, but it was, it was really, you know, it's Bendis, so the dialogue is still good. And like, I, I was really getting into the, like the romance of it. And I really liked those two characters, like, and the way that they were becoming attracted to each other. And so, uh, you know, cause he's hanging out at her house while he's trying to fix his ship so he can get off of earth. Um, and then they, they eventually like have this really romantic day. And then at the end of the day they have sex. And then the next morning he's on the porch and he's like, or she comes back out and she's like, well, what's going on? And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, uh, my my ship's been fixed for like a week now, but like I, this was just going really well, so I thought like I should stick around and see where it goes. But I I gotta go, and like uh, no, really, you don't want to come with me. Like oh, there's like a war, and oh, you might oh, you wow. don't want to get hurt. Like oh, that would really suck. But yeah, it's, but this was great. Thanks for letting me stay here for a while. And, and then he bounces, wow. and you're just like this guy is a dick. Um, and it was it was just like totally out of left field. Not what I expected, and and then the way that Bendis wrote it, I was actually like, as that scene was happening, I almost was feeling betrayed because I was like, "Am I supposed to still like this guy? Like this guy's <laughs> clearly horrible." Uh, so then, when the book ha- starts, because um, in the book, like you meet his dad first episode or mm-hmm. first issue, um, and he immediately Peter Quill talks about what a dick his dad really is, and you're like, "Oh, okay, good." I'm not supposed to like this guy. <laughs> That's great. Um, so it's really fun. So if you if you do like see the Guardians of the Galaxy and you want to go get you some some comic books for it, uh, make sure that that either the trade has issue zero in it or uh, seek out issue zero as well. I think I think it's not that hard to come by because I think they printed like a billion of them because um, I used to see it all the time. So uh, I think I've got like two or three copies actually. Um, so for sure, check that one out because it's really it's fun. 
really fun. Yeah, I also picked up, uh, to stay with the Guardians theme, I, I picked up Rocket Raccoon number one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's pretty fun. Cool. Uh, Scotty Young uh, draws and writes it. Oh, so man. Scotty Young's a great artist, and yeah. uh, his, his style really fits into that raccoon world. And in it, uh, there's an evil rocket. So there, he's not the only one in this one. And he's a, he's assassinating people. So Rocket sees him and um, has to track down this other raccoon. That's funny. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I'll have to check that out. Cool. Cool, cool. Right on. Um, news? Okay. It's real news. Uh, there's not much this week. Um, no, it was weird. Really slow this week. Yeah. I wonder if there's lots of things in production for next year or something. And yeah, uh, and with with there's been a lot of like talk about Marvel this week, and you know we don't tend to talk about it that much because it's either stuff that everybody knows or it's not really stuff that's important. Like I just feel like discussing what the what the next six years of Marvel looks like is kind of you know, yeah you know who who really cares. Uh, as long as they keep making good movies, like we kind of know what the slate looks like, so how they move stuff around. I think the better. and if you go see Guardians, make sure you stay obviously till the end of the credits. Yeah, because they give you a preview of what's coming out in twenty seventeen. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. We'll talk about it later. Um, I will talk. So we don't usually talk about trailers, but one of the ones that came out this week that has continued to stick with me is we we finally got like a. No, even even real interstellar trailer is a bit harsh because the last one was was fairly real. But like this this one's got more story to it, and just really, man, I'm I'm super excited it about looks that. Very film. interesting. Like I I I can already hear the shit I'm gonna get when two years in a row my best picture of the year is a <laughs> Matthew McConaughey movie. But like, all right, all right, all right. Oh, it just it looks so satisfying and and just gorgeous, right? Like it reminds me of what the fountain looks like, you know? Yeah, it um, uh, it definitely has a Christopher Nolan um, non superhero look to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. There was a lot of stuff from out of uh, Comic Con, but this year's Comic Con was not, I don't know, fruitful. I feel like there's yeah, there's nothing that like blew your mind. And me and Brad no. talked about it last week. Uh, to me, the Evil Dead um, TV, TV show. show sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I love what Sam Raimi had to say about the Last of Us movie that he's making. That's that's um, that's really cool. He's producing. They have... Yeah. I, forget, I think the guy who directed the game is directing the movie? Or he's writing. The guy the writer writing. from the game is yeah, writing the it. the writer is. Um, uh, he, but he, was, he is the like creative director on the game, so... Um, uh, I'd pay to see a Sam Raimi directed... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Last of Us movie. Um, yeah, it, it's an interesting one because like I've been playing through the game again this week because the too. remastered version came out. It makes I, me cry. I, I don't know. I don't know if a movie can do it. Like I, uh, I think that I that know. I think that that game might might be better as a game than it is as a movie, or, the, or than it could be as a movie. You know what? Just because I, you get, I get so attached to those characters because I, I'm uh, yeah, controlling you, them. You have to, you have to find a way to condense a fifteen twenty hour game. Yeah, with character beats into you know two and a half hour long movie. Because some of some of why those beats work so well is just because you spend so much time with those characters. Like, yeah, uh, it's gonna be. I, I'm not saying I don't want to see it. I'm just saying it's gonna be a challenge, right? Like, it's not it's not some easy thing where it's like, oh well, the, the video game's so good, so it'll be easy to make a movie out of. Like, mm, no, it's no. tough. I, I'd actually think it'd be kind of cool if they open it with the same opening to the game because the opening of the game is really tense and oh yeah, yeah horrific. Yeah. Uh, and then after. You're introduced to Joel and what happens to Joel. Um, then they do 
the DLC and introduce you to Ellie and kind of get you with oh, her and then kind of mix them together. Um, that would be cool. That would be really cool. Because, um, you know, one thing, because uh, I've was playing, i been playing a game, obviously, too, is, you know, you forget that after that heart-wrenching opening that the next scene is 20 years later and you're immediately thrown into this world where you don't really understand what's happening and you have to go out there and adventure and listen to people talk and to figure out what's happening. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure in the movie they'll do one of those, what they've done with World War Z and the Planet of the Apes movies, where they'll have the montage of newscasts of the disease spreading everywhere. Um, that's the that's the new one. Yeah, yeah, that would be... Oh, uh, yeah. We'll I mean, as, as it's coming out, I will get really, really excited about it. Yeah. Um, so, cool, cool, cool. Uh, and then the only other thing that I just popped up here was that uh, Simon West wants to make Con Air 2. I am totally in favor of this. <laughs> I will watch any new versions of Con Air. I like that movie. I, I genuinely think that Con Air is a fun film. It's fun. Um, so, Con Air 2 in space. You know, no. last week I watched Point Break. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm did, just talking about it. Did you see that I, I found it? <laughs> it's like three ninety nine at no, on Blu-ray at Tradesmart. Dude, I like specially ordered it from Amazon when they released the Blu-ray. Did you? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Johnny Utah and Bodie. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't that just seem like a movie that screams remake in 2014? Nope. nope. <laughs> it's one of those things I was telling Brad about it last week where um, it, it's such in a time capsule. Yeah. Because it's when surfers are bad guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No, the you, you just have to say the premise for people to understand the tone of that movie, right? Like, yeah. FBI agent goes undercover as surfer to stop bank robbers is yeah. the plot of that film. Yeah, you forgot about that. And the, the FBI agent's like base is like a Malibu house, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not a police station that oh man. There's so many ridiculous. cliches in it. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's it's, it's awesome. fun. Yeah. Oh, I know it's fun. Uh anyway, I think that's news. Cool. I guess uh, it's watching what we've stuff been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. All right, James, I waited. I wanted the podcast to start because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something. Okay, right? give it to me. All right, hang on one second. Why are you, whoa, are you, what? You're not going to change, are you? Are you, what's happening? <gasps> oh, my God. For those of you listening at home, I just returned James's mud to him after four or five months of owning it i'm so excited to watch this movie again. <laughs> i watched mud this week holy shit <laughs> all right all right oh all right um so 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 break it to me quick did i overhype this movie did you hate it um you know this movie is all right all right all right <laughs> um it, it's a good movie it really is um it's not i can see why you love it yep it's not a movie that i love yep but it's a good movie it's interesting um, you know the whole story about mud and building the boat and having the kids help him and is is pretty fascinating. It's, yeah, it's and, like this. Um, but I didn't expect I it to know. be. A, you didn't tell me it was like a thriller though. Like, uh-huh. um, no, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't know he was convicted of uh, or he accused was, yeah. of killing somebody. Yeah. So so if you haven't I don't heard know if us, I really want to. Yeah, if you haven't heard <laughs> us talk about mud before, or if you haven't heard me talk about mud before, basically. It's the story of these these two kids down in uh, Mississippi or Louisiana. Uh, they're down in the bayou, 
Uh, they live the the one kid lives on the river with his with his mom and dad, um, and you know they have their little boat and they go adventuring around and they eventually find this this big, like, powered boat like a real boat mm-hmm. that's caught up in a tree on an island, uh, and they find this guy named Mud played by Matthew McConaughey who li- who lives in the boat, um, and at first he like sends them to get him some food and things like that, and as they sort of befriend him they find out that he's there because he's waiting for this woman that he loves. Um, because the two of them need to sneak off together. What's um, her name again? She has a really unique name. Uh, Juniper. Juniper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> came to me like, what's her name? Oh, yeah. Juniper. Uh, and so he's waiting for Juniper so that the, the two of them can sneak away together. Um, and yeah, you're right. You, so you end up finding out that he's actually being pursued by these gangsters, mm-hmm. uh, and the kids sort of get involved in, in some interesting ways. The, the reason I love it um, is because of the, the kid's story. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole story with... Him falling in love, and then the, the the things that he learns from Mud and from this girl that he falls in love with about just putting yourself out there and and also becoming more of a man and falling in love with people and that kind of thing. Like that's the story that I love, and and the whole thing with his dad. Yeah, like that story is rough. Um, yeah, I mean but, it's it, and not what you would expect from a thriller. Like it, it's a good movie. It really is. Um, I can like I said, I can see why you love it. Yeah, I liked it. Cool. Um, the performances are really good in it. Cool. That's that's all I can ask for is that you 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 see it and go like oh yeah this isn't shit I understand why James likes oh, this. oh no <laughs> it's definitely not a bad movie in, yeah. in fact I'd say it's a really good movie cool um, cool cool I am glad I finally saw it and that <laughs> I can return it to you um, I mean it is on Netflix now but I'd much rather experience it on a Blu-ray disc because yeah. it's shot really well oh yeah um, yeah man you know you just need they make that swamp look pretty yeah they really do. And it has one of those it has like a a castaway ending, <laughs> you know. Mm, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I'm not gonna say no. I what like, exactly? But yeah, you yep, know what I mean. It's totally agree. It's interesting. I think he goes for it. I think he does I think too. He goes for I think it. he does too. Yeah. So I, yeah. If, Very cool. I'd I'd recommend people to watch that movie. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, Ryan said it. <laughs> Ryan said it. Oh, that's great. That's I, great. I watched a couple other things. I also watched um, Maniac Cop, which I swore I've seen before, but it's a Bruce Campbell movie, and I, I, I'm sure you do this too on Amazon. I put alerts on stuff I want, yeah. And then when it drops really low, like The Lord of the Rings this week, I got for thirty seven dollars, right? Um, so when it drops really low, I buy them. Um, and I swore I saw Maniac Cop before. I, I could, I, I would swear on. My Spider-Man collection that I saw it before, but I'm wow. glad I didn't because I have never seen this movie. Man. I have seen Maniac Cop 2, um. um, but I've never seen Maniac Cop 1. In it, Bruce Campbell plays a police officer who is invest uh, is accused of murdering his wife because there is a cop who's going around killing people. And you find out through the course of the movie that this cop is kind of like supernatural. And basically it's a slasher movie with a cop. And he shoots people. Huh. <laughs> um, the movie is okay. Uh, the The makeup for the cop was kind of a letdown at the end. I think it's supposed to be scary. Was he? Why does he have makeup? Because uh, he is he like all scarred? Or? Yeah, he was like dead or something, or they oh. thought he was dead and he came back. Okay. Um, and he's like a really big cop, and um, I mean it's all right. Uh, it takes a little bit for it to get going. Uh, you know, it's it's more of like a thriller. Um, it's not well made. Uh, I mean, not not poorly made or anything. It's just, yeah. 
I know it's one of Bruce Campbell's early movies where people go, oh, you know, that's, you know, Bruce Campbell starting to break free because he did it right at, right before Evil Dead 2. Oh, okay. So it's a pretty early movie for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all right. Uh, huh. The <laughs> It's interesting because on it, the, the poster's really cool. It's like this zombie cop that's holding up a police badge. Uh, Tom Mackins is in it, and he is killed <laughs> in it. He's, like, thrown out of a balcony and smashes, and it's all right. And there's just some dorky things in it. I, I, I have to really watch it again i probably will because there's commentary by bruce campbell huh. um, interesting yeah so i watched maniac cop um i'm forgetting something what else did i watch this week um oh i rewatched all the spider-man trilogy oh, yeah? um i posted an article on realnerdspodcast.com about my favorite spider-man covers yeah that was cool um yeah i so i just rewatched them and it, it was just really struck me watching it how sam raimi loves making iconic images in his movies, yeah. uh, the Spider-Man movies. And, uh, you know, watching, I really do love Tobey Maguire in the first and second one. I really do. Yeah. Uh, his character arc is really good in the first one. The second one is is great, too. And But overall, I think in the original trilogy, my favorite is Harry Osborn. I, yeah. Uh, he has a really cool arc, and it, it, it it's really true to the comics. Uh, I mean, it goes in different ways, but his arc of being confused about is Spider-Man his enemy or not, and right. who who his father really was is is a really cool arc in the stories. Um, and James Franco like plays that that um, that line between like being a real person and being like a comic book villain really yeah. well. Like when he no, he's when he really breaks good. and gets angry and gets maniacal and goes starts to go crazy. He's really good at it. Yeah, uh, I mean he because he I mean he is a damaged character. I mean yeah. his in the first one I, a lot of people don't talk about how the relationship between him and his father is damaged because his father is never there for him and um Frank uh, Harry Osborne says, "Oh, I understand that you're busy." You know, it's yeah. a, it's a normal defense of someone who's just basically abandoned and left to care for themselves like Harry Osborne was and then his redemption is is really good. Yeah. Um you know, Spider-Man 3 always gets flat because it fi- falls apart. And I really don't think it's as bad as people say it is. No. And my, my biggest issue, actually, with Spider-Man 3 is I don't like the Mary Jane arc in it. Um, just because I don't understand why she's so mean to Peter in it. Yeah. Um, her motivation to be just cruel to him doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's sequences in that movie that are just a little bit weird. Um, like I had forgotten until just a minute ago about like the whole part with them like making eggs together. Mm-hmm. That like it's fun, but like it just it messes up the pace of that movie and a little bit. It's just like tonally that movie is all over the place sometimes. Um, I I actually really like their version of like the of dark Peter Parker. Me too. Um, I think it's better than like you know like in the comics they or in the in the cartoon show. They would just make him like mean all of a sudden, mm-hmm. which is not really what the suit should do to Peter Parker. Like it, like the the fact that they play him up as just suddenly thinking he's cool, that makes a lot more sense. Oh yeah, and you know um, what's it's really fun is everybody points to that scene as being really out of place. Right. To me, for Sam, we're, Raimi, we're talking about the scene where like he flips his hair yeah. forward and like goes emo you know, Pete. Yeah, everybody calls him emo Pete. Um, uh, you know, but even if he's not emo, he's not being emo. Yeah. He just has that emo haircut all of a sudden. If you watch Sam Raimi's movies, besides his serious ones, like. Uh, blood simple or something yeah uh it's he has those elements in all his movies um and you know he 
that, that scene always makes me laugh because if you watch, and I think a lot of people miss this, is Peter's walking up the street and dancing and pointing at people. Yeah. And everyone else in the scene is like, what is this guy doing? Right. He's a total tool. Uh, and I love the scene where him and Harry are in the cafe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> that scene's great. Because you're right, because that's when Harry is playing this concerned person, but also that comic book villainy guy. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know... He's telling Pete about him and Mary Jane, and he's all heartbroken. And as Peter's leaving, he realizes that Harry is remembers that he's the Green Goblin. Yeah. And I just love the line is, is the pie good? The best. <laughs> I don't know what kind of delivery it is, but it's it's yeah. amazing. The uh, What I kind of think of is, you know, the... It's a movie that feels to me like there's there's there are so many other people telling Sam Raimi what to do in that movie that the, oh, yeah. the places that he goes to try and have fun are are things that end up I think actually detracting from the movie. So like the scene where he the the piano sequence mm-hmm. the the jazz piano sequence mm-hmm. is really fun and very yeah. Sam Raimi, but I think, no, I think tonally right. it just like like you can tell that that's where he was having fun making the movie, but when you put it into the film, everybody in the audience was sort of sitting there going like, wait. What is hat like? I'm in a Spider-Man movie and I'm watching a like a like a musical dance sequence. Yeah, um, and, and I don't think it's un unapproachable. Like I don't think you can't do that. I just think that that movie ends up no, suffering from that. Um, I, I still really like it. Like I, I own it. Like it's great. Um, I think I've but, told this story before on the podcast. But I'll tell it one more time because we're talking about it. You should listen to the commentary with Sam Raimi. Yeah, uh, because it's Sam Raimi by himself, and then all of a sudden the producers chime in. Uh-huh. You can tell they're somewhere else. So he's he's literally cut off. There's a part at the beginning where his original idea was Sandman, New Goblin, and Vulture. And he was going to have this huge fight at the end of the movie with the Vulture and the New Goblin in the air and Sandman and Spider-Man fighting below. And Spider-Man and um, Harry having to work together to defeat Sandman and the Vulture. Yeah. Um, so, Which sounds awesome. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's uh, storyboards where, you know, they're at the construction site and Pete shoots his webbing after Harry zooms by and the vulture gets like clotheslined and you know, like cool things like that. Yeah. Um, but he was really mandated by the studio to put venom in. Yeah. And it, it's so funny cause people always say, well, venom's so cool. That story that they put in the movie is pretty much Venom's story. Oh yeah. And I don't know why people think he's so much cooler than he is right. because that's his story. It's that art, like visually they think he looks cool. Uh, which I think is debatable because I think sometimes visually he looks cool and sometimes he looks no, dumb I, as shit. I agree. And I, th- I, th- I think people, I think he's visually, I think it's just they expect him to be cool. Yeah. And I don't think, and I hate saying this, and you, please re- write in if you disagree with me, but I, I think I know Spider-Man better than most people. <laughs> um, he, they try to make him cool. So they try to make him like this anti-hero and it just doesn't work. Oh, yeah. and it, it falls on its face. And so, uh, I, I think the, the the closest that Venom gets to being a cool villain is is completely dependent on how cool Eddie Brock is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eddie Brock, like in the cartoon show, Eddie Brock was a well well built character who had been around for a long time. And so when they made that transition, it was kind of cool. Like you understood even the relationship in, there. Even in Spectacular Spider Man, I really like it. Yeah, where they're really good friends and they work together, and then Peter betrays him by taking pictures of Doctor Kurt Connors as the lizard, yeah. and that makes him mad. Yeah, and I, I understand that, but um, but but in in that one, when you suddenly throw in Topher Grace, and Topher Grace is, I mean, there's there's like a couple of scenes, and they kind of set it up, but it's just it's just really thin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that the like that the Sandman is so well built in that movie that it uh, he looks cool. <laughs> he looks really cool, yeah. but uh, yeah, uh, 
Um, yeah, no, I agree. He's still more. I, even with the couple scenes he has, I think he's more emotionally interesting than most of the other characters, or there than villain, there than Venom is. So, anyway. And the last thing I watched is I purchased because it was very not very expensive. Its first week out was Under the Skin. It's uh, Scarlett oh. Johansson's Alien movie. Yeah. Um, and I actually I really enjoyed this movie. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, not a lot, a lot of dialogue. I mean, huh. in the movie. Scarlett Johansson plays this alien um, that's kind of like Venom. It's black goo. <laughs> and she takes the form of this woman and her whole mission with her um, alien buddy who's this like motorcycle gang guy um, is they're attracting men back to their – it's like their house, but their ha- it's really weird. So she attracts men and she'll only take men who don't have a family that live with them. So she's targeting lonely men. Yeah. So the first – 30 minutes of the movie is literally no dialogue except Scarlett Johansson driving around in this van asking people for directions. And so the first guy says, you know, oh, you know, you just go up the street around the corner. And then she'll say, oh, are you by yourself? And the first guy says, oh, no, I'm with all of my friends. And so she won't take that guy hmm. because if he goes missing, then everybody will say something. Right. Um, so then she uses her sexuality to lure him back to their layer and when she gets them there all the men start undressing following her through this like really black dark corridor mm-hmm. and she start they start walking and they go through this like black goo and the black goo like eats them it's it's really bizarre um, but it's i don't know there's something hypnotic about it yeah um i mean and scarlett johansson's naked a lot in it maybe that's why <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding but um but the the music choices they make in the movie um it's just a really bizarre movie and then she picks up this one guy and she feels actually sorry for him and so then she starts trying to learn what it's like to be a human Hmm. and so the second half of the movie is her running away from the bad alien guys because she's she doesn't want to lure people to their death anymore and she never and her performance is so good she never says anything yeah um but after she brings this one guy back she looks at herself in the mirror and wonders what she's doing without dialogue and then she goes away and she starts uh, hanging out with this other guy and starts to see what it's like to be loved and um, be with somebody. And, of course, it, it, it goes really dark, and it's really good. It's a really good movie. Interesting. Um, not, ev- I... not everybody's going to like it. Yeah. It's, uh, it borderlines on the artsy-fartsy um, movie, but the, yeah. the, the meaning behind the movie is really good. And uh, it, it is, it's heartbreaking. The ending's sad. And... Oh. Uh, I, re- really I I would recommend if you're a movie fan to really watch this movie. Uh, Brad saw it, and I remember him talking about it, and I don't think he liked it very much. Exactly. That's I, I'm fascinated by the fact that like he didn't care much for it, and you did. Like that makes me really want to see this. Yeah, it's really, but um, it's really bizarre. It's yeah, really bizarre. Oh, totally. Um, and it's not going to be for everybody. You, yeah. One, it's I think it's an hour and forty minutes, but because there's no dialogue and the music choices are really weird in it, it seems longer. Yeah. But the performance of Scarlett Johansson just elevates it and with hardly any dialogue. I mean, right. hardly any dialogue at all. Um, but you should, people should really check it out just to, just to experience this movie. That's cool. Um, so yeah, that's what I saw this week. Very interesting. Cool. Um, so yeah, I wasn't here last week, so, uh, but I did get a chance to go see Hercules. Um, and I, I had fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's a Brat Ratner movie. You know, it's, 
Yeah, it's, like, and I didn't know it was Brett Ratner going in. Mm-hmm. So when the credits start, like, I was watching it, and and or when it, it was over, and I was like thinking back on like, okay, did I really like this? How much fun did I have? Was it really worth it? Like, what things were right? And and right about then, his name popped up, and I went, oh, oh, uh, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> it makes right, more sense. Yeah, sure. And, and here's cool. the thing: it mean, actually kind of got better. Like suddenly, I was like, oh yeah, so put a blank palette, you throw some Hercules stuff on there. Yeah, that's exactly what I got. Um, and me and Brad talked about it last week. I I thought it was really fascinating how they took the mythology behind Hercules and made him bigger than life. Yeah. Um, for it just it just though it, I I would have loved that on a Hercules movie that I wanted to see because mm-hmm. Hercules teaching a bunch of people to fight was not the movie I wanted to see. Oh like, no. I, I wanted to see like you know her, like have giving him that like band of friends and and then them going on adventures was that that sounds really cool. Um, so the, it, the problem is just that the, the actual story that they told and the villains that they fought were not, we're no. not, we're not me getting to see Hercules be Hercules. No, and me, and me and Brad were talking, it's, it's not anything you haven't seen before. Right. But I mean, there's still some cool moments like when the rock flips a horse. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did, I, Brad saw the twist coming. I mean, I saw something happening, but I didn't think it was going to be. Um, you know, John Hurt was the bad the bad guy, and he's yeah. having the Rock kill all his. And even that, it just felt it felt very by the numbers, like you know, oh, because I remember the um, the the sort of big fight where 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 he flips the horse was happening, mm-hmm. uh, and they hadn't brought my check yet, and I was like, wait, how much more of this movie? Is, <laughs> like we're at the end, aren't we? Like, well, isn't it over? And that's when I was like, oh, are they going to throw in one of those twists where, like, oh, the bad guy wasn't who we thought they were. And sure enough, they did. Um, but it just wasn't real good. Like, the story, if you took The Rock out of this movie, if you put, like, you know, some other big guy in this movie, probably wouldn't be very good at all. Yeah. Uh, like, The Rock's char- charisma carries most of, of what's wrong with Oh, yeah, that's with funny. The movie. I totally forgot I saw The Rundown this week, too. Oh, <laughs> that got, movie's great. Yeah, I got that Rundown's on Blu-ray way this better. week. Yeah, anyways, it doesn't matter. But, uh, um... But yeah, like I, when it's all said and done, like I liked the Conan the Barbarian movie a lot more, and I don't think the, that movie's the great. Remake? Yeah, really? Yeah, and oh, I, I don't no. think like that movie to me was. I had more fun watching that, that movie. Than, was dog shit. That movie is dog shit. The Hercules isn't dog shit though. I don't. I think it's not dog shit because of The Rock. So I think if you switch those two, two of those two actors. So if you put Jason Momoa in Hercules and The Rock in then, Conan, then then Hercules would be absolute dog shit, and <laughs> and Conan would be pretty. It'd be pretty all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I, no, you know, the thing with the Rock is he's really charismatic. He right. really is. I, I'm just saying, like, I think what Hercules does in that movie not that entertaining. Mm. Like he flips a horse, but that and the fact that flipping a horse is the most interesting thing that Hercules does, other I, than actually the shot where he breaks the chains. And oh the yeah, shot, Dude, the, I was the, getting the, really the excited. God of, then. The, the God of War shot that was cool because you know Ian McShane just his voice and his Ian McShane. Uh, where he's like, oh, who awesome. are you? Are you the man? And he, I, I was there was actually a really funny video. Uh, I don't know where I saw it, but. When The Rock was performing that, and he's screaming, I am Hercules, he did it. And he's so tense that he passed out. Oh, really? During filming, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, a yeah. shot, that's right. Ian McShane was awesome, uh, though now, you know, again, Brett Ratner, so he doesn't understand that, like, taking Hansel and Gretel tools and throwing them on Ian McShane, kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I hated his chariot, and I hated his stupid spear, and but I really liked Ian McShane. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked that character. Um, it was it was a lot of, like, just the, the visual, the stuff that is what I would expect to be there for in a Hercules movie, so, like, the action and the visuals and all that stuff weren't what I wanted. 
Uh, they yeah. just weren't as big and bombastic and cool as I would have uh, as I would have wanted. So yeah, I think it's an interesting take though because Hercules has yeah. been done so much, you totally. know that the mythology really is is just normal people and that Hercules uses it to exploit more money out of people that he's yeah. trying to earn. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, um, I just would have liked to have seen like you know at the end of the movie they're doing that like animated sequence stuff of of the the band of the of the group mm-hmm. or the whole group pulling off all of the the wonders that that he was supposed to have done that's what i yeah, kind of want yeah that have been a more interesting story yeah like it would have been it would have been really cool if if we'd gotten to see them pull off something that to get like that together that, that that if Hercules had done it on his own would have been this huge wonder, but they do it together and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like it's still, you know, but in, in what all they end up doing is like push over that statue that didn't look very good. Oh no, that looked horrible. It was horrible. Um, and, and it, totally annoying that like the shot of the head rolling and knocking John Hurt off the cliff doesn't actually make any kind of spatial it, sense it's, with it's the rest funny, of the scene. It's funny. Me and Brad said the same thing. <sighs> me and Brad are like, it bounced like a, bouncy ball shouldn't he just like be obliterated by yeah like why didn't you just crush him like bam and you know i was telling brad too you know watching it you always know when uh, that movie costs a lot of money to make yeah a hundred and something million dollars yeah but you can tell that they didn't quite have enough because if you looked at the some of the smoke at the end it looked pixelated that drives me crazy yeah or grainy or whatever you want to say totally um so i also i'll save the good thing for last so i saw a movie called the trip um, which is, it's been around for a couple of years. There's actually a movie called The Trip to Italy, I think it is, that's a, a sequel. Um, and the trip is uh, Steve Coogan and this other guy who's like a British uh, comic um, who's famous for, I expect, his impersonations. Um, <laughs> and so basically, like, he and Steve Coogan, Steve Coogan calls him up and is like, hey, I was supposed to go on this trip through, like, the northern part of England with my girlfriend to, like, visit all of these restaurants and, and sort of write, like, funny reviews about them. Um, but she doesn't want to go now, so do you want to go with me? Um, and so they go together. And the whole movie is basically just, like, the two of them talking and, and you know, having these sort of funny back-and-forth conversations. And then it's... Um, well, so I'll start with that. So um, the two of them together is is pretty funny like they 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 go they have these little arguments about like who's who's sean connery impersonation is better uh or who no not not sean connery who's um oh man uh uh michael um kane yeah who's michael mm-hmm. kane impersonation is better uh and that stuff is is fun um but then it's also bizarrely interwoven with like this story about steve coogan um just sort of feeling like he he can't really get the career that he wants. Like he, he doesn't want to be in TV shows. He wants to be in movies in America, and you know, so he's having these back and forths with like his his um, his agent. Uh, and at the same, he also like sort of cheats on his girlfriend while he's there because like they, he doesn't really understand their relationship either. And so it's like sort of these darker dramatic moments intercut into the the, the comedy. Um, and I don't really know what I was supposed to get out of it. And the truth is that, so the the trailers and everything and everything I'd heard about it was that the two of those guys together were really funny, and they are at first. But I don't think the the conversations. I I think the conversations are fairly like unscripted, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that they grow or get better throughout the movie. Like 
they sort of call back to the Michael Caine thing and, and like and that can happen if you don't have a structured script right you know like you just, just let people ramble it's yeah or at least have uh, like it doesn't feel as as brilliant as like a link lighter script where yes there is no script here but there are, there are po- like beats to hit um, which I think I don't know if that's the way that it was written or whatever if that is they didn't do as good a job and if it's not that's what they should have done um, because it just felt like uh, about halfway through I was like okay this it's not really funny anymore and I don't know if I'm supposed to be getting something out of this necessarily um, I talked to somebody at work and they really liked it so it's on Netflix I don't I don't think it's a waste of your time um, it's just from Steve Coogan who I've always thought was was pretty funny um, it wasn't as as hilarious as I was looking for um, it was it's definitely a darker comedy than than what I was expecting um, and then the very last thing is, uh, so I've still got a bunch of family in town. My cousin Olivia is in town, uh, because of, uh, my brother's wedding and I discovered a few things, a few, a list, a short list of movies that she had never seen. And among them, surprisingly was back to the future. Wow. She had never seen any of back to the future because the, the story being that her dad liked that movie so much that he had watched it so many times that then he doesn't really care to watch it. Uh, and so hmm. she's never seen it. Uh, so we remedied that. And so Thank last you. Sunday, like s- sat down and we all watched back to the future. And it's, I realized it's been a long time since I like just watched it, you know, like mm-hmm. didn't just put it on the background and be like, Oh yeah, back to the future's on. Cool. Uh, that movie is brilliant. It is like I, as we were starting it, I was sort of afraid, like, is this going to hold up? Like, uh, <laughs> um, definitely does. Is it, is it really as smart as I remembered? Or like, you know, are the, all of these scenes still that, that much fun if you really just sit and watch them? That movie's amazing. Uh, how how it all ties together and all the little things that they are, um, you know, leaving breadcrumbs for, uh, and just the opening shot, which is such an impressively cool that long mm-hmm. opening shot where they're telling you so much about what's going on and what or what's going to happen in this movie. Uh, that world is so rich for for a movie that that could have been a very simple you know little adventure film. Um, even things like things that they never address in that movie, like, you know, Doc Brown's house burning down, just the fact that it's there and you get this sense that there's so much more going on and that there is all of this history that we're missing is amazing. I'll Uh, tell you a funny story. The Hollywood reporter had Hollywood picks their favorite movies yeah, and back to the future ranked higher than citizen Kane and all this stuff because, uh, the critics, Love movies like Mud. <laughs> um, not saying it's bad, but if right. if you if you were gonna, okay, so Olivia's here, and you had a choice between showing her Back to the Future or Mud. Most people would pick Back to the Future, right? And it's just what's fun. So it's really interesting that you know everyone will say, "Oh, this movie's great. This movie's great." But when it comes down to it, Hollywood people would rather watch Back to the Future than yeah. <laughs> things like that. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. It. Yeah, it's great. If, if if there is another person on the planet other than my cousin who had never <laughs> seen Back to the Future, you... you, you well, gotta, she hasn't seen American Graffiti, see so... She also hasn't seen American Graffiti. We're going to work on that. <laughs> We're going to work on American Graffiti. We're going to work on Jaws. She's, she's, here, she's, she's still through, through September. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. We might watch Jaws tonight for all I know. Nice. Which is going to be interesting because if we do, like it, my aunt and uncle and my parents will all be there. Uh, and what's funny is, so it's the Blu-ray of Jaws. Mm. Uh, and if you don't know about the Blu-ray of Jaws, one of the th- interesting things about it is that that movie basically goes from being PG to R when you upgrade it to Blu-ray. <laughs> because that opening sequence on, on 35 millimeter, you can't actually see how naked she is. Oh, yeah. She's completely but, nude. But on Blu-ray, she's super naked. Uh, and I just, I just think it's funny. Um, yeah, no, it's Jaws is such a, you know, I've been oh, having, a, I've been having an anch- a hankering to watch Jaws again. Yeah, me too. Um, and the Blu-ray is stunning. I it's, mean, it's maybe one of the best transfers of a Blu-ray from a movie from the seventies. Oh yeah, you know? I, I, certainly one of the most important. I think just because if you if you watch that feature on the Blu-ray about everything that they did to to really take care of that movie, and they should. It's awesome. It's just it's awesome. one of the most important movies ever made. Yeah, I mean there there are a couple places where I would say they they almost cross the line as far as what they should do because they they do color correction on some on a couple scenes. Um, but I, I think it's worth it. Like the, the the one that like starts to cross the line sort of is the the, the scene inside the ship where uh, they color corrected the windows. They changed the, the the lighting in the mm-hmm. windows because on in one shot it's dark outside and in the cross shot it's light outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they just fixed that, um, which is it's messing with the movie. But like in a way that I can understand, um, they at least didn't like change anything vital about the <laughs> plot. Et. Yeah, well, they fixed that too. They did fix that. Yeah. They put it back to being normal. Right? Yeah, they put the shotguns back. Um, but yeah, I man, that Jaws Blu-ray is amazing. Um, yeah, maybe I'll and watch the Back Jaws to the Future. Tonight. The Back to the Future oh, Blu-ray yeah, the is Black really good too. Great, man. It's it's gorgeous. Uh, it's funny. I as I was watching the end of the uh, end of it, I was like, oh man, I gotta watch two again. Just like I want to watch the the ending of one and the beginning of two right next to each other again mm-hmm. and see the differences. Cause I, I always forget that they actually had to reshoot that. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it's not like some of the shots are the same and some of them are not. And I, yeah. And here's That's the cool. thing. I'm old enough to have seen back to the future three in theaters and oh, two. Yeah? And so it was the first time I remember seeing a movie in theater back to the future two uh-huh. where it had a trailer for the next movie. Oh you know? yeah, that's true. That's very yeah. true. Because I think the yeah the Blu-ray still has it in there at the end. Yeah, like I know the, the VHS always did. Yeah, the Blu-ray does at the end. You know, it says you know after at the end of two where they go away and then they find out where Doc is. Then it goes and shows you little clips from the third yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I couldn't believe it when I was a kid. Too cool. And now it's just common. You know, now yep. you go into Guardians and you're like, yeah, we're probably gonna get a trailer at the end of this movie. We didn't get a trailer though. We didn't. But James. Should people go see Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> I... The, the movie's not perfect, and I'm not going to, like, you know, rag on it or anything, but you will probably not have more fun in a theater this year, or at least I don't think I will. Um, I, I Afterwards, I said that I was, I was grinning from beginning to end in a way that I don't remember having done since Scott Pilgrim versus the World, where I was just, like, amazed that they were pulling this off. And so everything on screen at every moment was just pleasing. Um, and funny as hell. Like, even if, even if you don't like sci-fi stuff, the comedy itself will, will pull you through this movie. So, yes, everyone should go see this. Yeah, this movie's really good. Um, Marvel this year has put out two of their best movies, and that's oh, yeah. Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy. And neither of them have Robert Downey Jr. in them. I know. Which I think is uh, it's genuinely a feat. And, and here's he was the thing crutch. with these, all these Marvel movies is they're all good. Yeah. How they're able to sustain this and also take characters. And this was, to me, the biggest risk. Totally. They're taking characters that nobody knows. Yeah. Um, 
that even comic book people don't they're, necessarily they're know. Well known. They're not right. well known. I mean, I'm a Marvel guy, so I know all these characters. Right. But, but had you ever read a Mar- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? issue uh i have spider-man team-ups with guardians but okay. it's not these guardians though right exactly um, it's not like these guardians have only been around for like 15 years or something exactly like that. uh i do have an issue of i think it's x-men that has um peter quill in it i don't remember i'd have to actually dig through my comics yeah but well, i'm just I, making a point yeah that, like exactly everybody I, know if you're in comics you know iron man you know captain america you know those guys but if you're in comics, you don't necessarily know the Guardians. Yeah, but you know what? You know how you get to know them? Is you go see this movie. Fuck yeah. Here's a trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. I come from Earth, a planet of outlaws. My name is Peter Quill. There's one other name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Well, Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. Guys? Forget it. So here we are. A thief, two thugs, an assassin, and a maniac. But we're not going to stand by as evil wipes out the galaxy. I guess we're stuck together as partners. Are you telling me the fate of 12 billion people is in the hands of these criminals? Oh. How does that not just make you pumped up? Yeah. Dude. Well, what's really cool is the beginning is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's really heartbreaking. And when I'm watching it, I keep on, because I know who James Gunn is, mm-hmm. and I keep on waiting for him to... Get weird? Get weird. Uh-huh. And, you know, we were talking yesterday, what else? He did Slither. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's the one that's I That's a great thinking. movie, so, too. So, you know, Slither, Super... PG porn. Those are yep. the things this guy is known for. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel picks him up and because says, like, we'll, we'll give you this super risky thing because we think that you're crazy is the right kind of crazy. And his tone is right. His tone is perfect. Um, because, you know, the beginning is, uh, well, South the Prince of the movie, Peter Quill is from Earth mm-hmm. and his mother is 
stricken with cancer and she dies. He runs away and he gets picked up and he goes into space where it flash forwards 26 years where he is now on a planet searching for an orb because basically he's a bounty hunter. He's basically... Yeah, or like a just criminal in general. Yeah. Like he he's a thief, he's a scavenger. Scavenger is a good word smuggler, for him. Smuggler, yeah. Um, and it just starts silly. Like Rap, he, rapscallion. He, yeah. He's a rapscallion, <laughs> he a rapscallion in space. Uh, he puts on his Walkman and the awesome mix that his mom made for him. And he's going about and he's kicking like little rat things and using them as microphones. Yeah, and when, <laughs> that's when you just knew this is going to work. This is going to be fun. It's going to work. And, it, you know, even in the trailer, what's really cool is they give you that little hint and he says, I'm Star-Lord. And the bad guy says, who? <laughs> and it pays off in a big way at the end. Yeah. Um, and so the Guardians don't know the, each other at the beginning. And uh, Quill is going to where the Novas are. And if you're a Marvel comic fan, the Novas are basically the people who keep peace in the skies and the galaxy. Um, and it turns out that inside of this orb that he stole is an infinity gem that's super powerful. Mm-hmm. And Ronan the Accuser finds out about this. Um, Thanos makes an appearance in this movie. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> like He's totally so, just there. Yeah, he's there. There's and Thanos he, sitting in a chair talking about stuff. Yeah. And like it had, as soon as I try not to do this very often, uh, but this was one where like I I remember like turning and looking at you and like in awe for a second, like we just saw a, we just saw Thanos on a, the screen for a while. Like, that's crazy. And it, to me, again, these characters are silly. Totally. I mean that, and I we were talking after the movie. All these characters in this sell it so well that you know for the longest time hollywood had the stigma about comic books that you had to change the look of them you had to do this and i really think besides batman because you really can't change batman but when spider-man made the choice to keep the spider-man costume spider-man mm-hmm. and just keep the characters true to themselves that the rest of hollywood was like oh if the characters are good people will buy into the fact right. that there is a big purple giant that is all powerful <laughs> and it lives on a, an asteroid yeah. in the the galaxy. He basically just sits in this this chair all day and fucks shit up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's crazy because this movie, like, I was not expecting them to tell a story where the Guardians weren't already friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that it started off that way, I realized very early. Like, it, I honestly got a little scared because e- even as good as the, the reviews had been, man, making a movie with... A talking raccoon and a talking tree and like all of these aliens and we're going to all these planets and it's it's cosmic and spaceships and all that stuff things that we don't expect from superhero movies um, and then you've got to achieve what the Avengers did um, while also setting up all of these characters who are crazy and not human right so like the Avengers has to get all of these different characters who have their own movies together and make them friends and then also introduce a bad guy and make them fight and defeat the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And that on its own is a crazy feat. But this, but at least there, we understood all the characters because they'd had their own movies and they're all human. So, like, you relate to them pretty quickly and, you know, the rules all make sense. Whereas here, man, there's so much exposition to get in here. Uh, and so much stuff they have to tell us that it's why James Gunn actually was probably a brilliant choice because he's able to throw the exposition at you, throw it at you hard, so that it's like, okay, you now you know this, and then put enough comedy in there that it becomes palatable, mm-hmm. right? Like he's 
you know, putting a little bit of sugar in with the medicine. So they're yeah. like, oh, okay, this is still really fun. But I have, <laughs> in that two-hour span, I learned so much stuff about the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it's um, it's really amazing uh, because they're, you find out that Rocket is broken out of 22 prisons, or 21, <laughs> about to break out of his 22nd. And so they come up with this plan, and they all have to do something. He tells Quill that he needs to get some dude's like prosthetic leg. <laughs> and so the rest of the Guardians at the time they're in this prison are in this gunfight, and they're all yeah. going around. And it cuts to Peter Quill, and he's saying, yeah, man, I just really need your leg. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just like politely asking yeah. for it, and then he shows up with it, and then Rocket starts laughing. He's like, "He gave you the leg. I was just, I was just messing with you. I just want to see him hop I around." Don't need that, like, yeah, oh man. And then they call back to it later when he's asked some dude for his robotic eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need that guy's eye. No, really, I need it. There was a great, uh, there was a great little thing on Reddit where some people put together like text messages between Captain America and Bucky, mm-hmm. where Captain America sends Bucky a, uh, a message. Oh, and it was called like you know a, a, a teaser for Avengers three. And so Captain America texts Bucky and is like, Bucky, uh, you know, all this stuff is going on. Like, it's crazy. Like, we need your help. And, and Bucky goes, what do you need? And he's like, well, there's this, there's this crazy raccoon here. And he, he says, you know, in order to beat Thanos, who's blowing up a whole planet, like, we need your, robot, your, your arm. And then Rocket texts him and goes like, no, I, I totally do. I totally need your arm. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, it, it's stuff like that where he just, he figured out how to get really good, genuine comedy in there to sort of smooth over just how much like stuff they have to, to put in here. Yeah, and Chris and Pratt is great in it. He's brilliant. Uh, he so I good. love when he meets Gamora and he says, I'm Peter Quill, but you can call me Star-Lord. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> yeah, uh, so funny because then it pays off at the end. Uh, he, You know, they get onto Ronan's ship and the guy they met at the beginning, I, I forget his name. Um, uh, the guy they met at the beginning, which guy? Uh, Juman Hashu's character. Jumin, I forget his character's name. Oh, shoot. Uh, oh, oh, I got you. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, but anyways, he shows up and he has this really cool Star-Lord. Yeah. And he says, finally! <laughs> <laughs> He's known as Star-Lord now. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so good. And, uh, you know, they did a really good job of, because the movie's so big, that Ronan just had to be this monster that they had to stop. But yeah. he was, it was pretty effective yeah. because they had him fight Drax and without breaking a sweat, and you realized his strength. Yeah. And uh, when he took on Thanos and said, "You know what? I don't care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this world, and I'm gonna come and kill you." Um, yeah. That would have been a sweet that fight. Pretty but, cool. Uh, just well, just that scene in general is just awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I, th- I think he's he's good. Um, he is sort of a nondescript like reminds me very much of the thor 2 villain like mm-hmm. he's he's just uh, i have an infinity gem and i'm just gonna go fuck some shit up um but you're right like there's something about him that he just he, for one thing he looks really cool he does look right cool. so like just as a villain i, I think it, i think it works um i think drax interesting is is the character that i feel like gets the least uh actual build-up mm-hmm. like i I feel like he gets a little bit shorted. Like, if you were a big Drax fan, you'd probably come out of this and be like, this is stupid. Like, you know, every time he fights somebody, he loses. Like, you don't really get a sense of how badass Drax is supposed to be. Because um, I don't know that we ever really see, like, a, a really awesome uh, fight sequence with Drax. He gets beat th- up a lot. Yeah, I think he has to learn, though, because I yeah. think that was part of his character arc. You know, he called Ronan there because he's so blinded by revenge because Ronan killed his family yeah. that he just gets his ass kicked. And, yeah. and Ronan's basically you know too much for him yeah uh yeah here's a here's a scene from guardians of the galaxy 
We have to stop Ronan. How? I have a plan. You've got a plan? Yes. First of all, you're copying me from when I said I had a plan. No, I'm not. People say that all the time. It's not that unique of a thing to say. Secondly, I don't even believe you have a plan. I have part of a plan. What percentage of a plan do you have? You don't get to ask questions after the nonsense you pulled on Nowhere. I just saved Quill. We've already established that you destroying the ship that I'm on is not saving me. When did we establish Like three seconds ago! No, I wasn't listening. I was thinking of something else. Oh. She's right. You don't get an opinion. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> That's a fake laugh. <laughs> it's real! Totally fake. That is the most real, authentic, hysterical laugh of my entire life because that is not a plan. It's barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what? It's better than 11%. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Thank you, Groot. Thank you. See? Groot's the only one of you who has a clue. Uh, to me, it's funny because Vin Diesel was like hyping about how important you know he is, and Groot was the best when he didn't say anything. <laughs> I don't think he's bad though. No, I, no, no, I, no. I think, I think that, it's a great character. Yeah, Vin but... Well, but I, I'm just saying, like Vin Diesel's ability to make I am Groot sound different the 20 different times <laughs> he says it. He, yeah, he's good at that. He is good at that. Uh, I actually was like, mm. oh, okay, cool, and it doesn't sound like Vin Diesel. He doesn't. Vin Diesel is good when not on screen. Mm-hmm. That's I'm being mean there. Yeah. Um, no, like I, I think he did a a good job. Um, Gamora was really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, they did a good job with that, and I thought Nebula was awesome. Like that scene when she gets blown up and then like puts herself back together. I was like, oh shit, this is cool. And I'm glad that they didn't like finish her off. I'm, I'll, I'll. It'll be cool to see her come back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you know uh, the ending where instead of having well, Ronan has kind of a little speech where he's oh, talking yes. about his maker, and then. Uh, Peter Quill gets up there and just starts dancing. Yes, and so good. And Ronan doesn't understand what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's great. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a movie where like they do sort of, they sort of just push those guys together, and I feel like they they don't necessarily, you know, there's a lot of talk in the third act about like them being friends and all that stuff. Um, and I don't think they necessarily earn that, but I almost don't. You, you just don't give a shit. Right. Like you're having so much fun with the movie that you understand like, OK, well, we have to get through that. Um, and and then and if you sort of give into it and say like, OK, yeah, you didn't earn them necessarily saying they're friends, but OK. Um, I think the scenes and some of the sentiment and the things that they, they do together are, are pretty neat. Um, and it's it, there are some some touching little moments in there. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, that ending is 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 pretty great. Like it's it's almost saccharin like the whole you know where he gets the gem and then like they have to hold hands in order to to really withstand the mm-hmm. whole thing like you when you say it out loud it sounds yeah. sappy but in the movie it's just so cool partially because like the way that the that the gem is like tearing peter quill apart is so cool mm-hmm. that you're just like i don't give a shit like yeah this is silly but whatever uh this is this is really cool to see um so yeah i'm excited i did not want this movie to end at all like as it was getting close to the end, I was like, "Can Ronan just come back and we can fight him some more?" <laughs> like, well, James, the last thing is the Guardians will return. I know, yeah. It would like sooner than the, you know they they've been doing that sort of double double o seven thing in all the movies lately. Um, but uh, the fact that basically that pops up before the credits even do that was pretty great. Mm. <laughs> uh, 
at the end of the movie, yep. the very, very end of the credits, <laughs> uh, the cl- Benicio Del Toro is not in the movie very much. No, which surprised me. Yeah. Because I really thought, like, you know, that he was going to be a big player in this one, but that's okay. But I guess, you know, at the end of the day, he really just collects things. Yeah. And one of the things... And he'll, he, show, he'll show up in Avengers 3. <laughs> one of the things that he collected uh, has, has internet a buzz. <laughs> uh, the, the very last uh, huge spoilers... I mean, most of the movie, you know, uh, we tell you it's going to be spoilers, but at the end of the thing, he's sitting, sipping like a green martini or something. Yeah. And over in the corner, I didn't even remember what this character says, but. I don't either. I was just so in shock. Yeah. The, uh, the collector looks over and they're sitting drinking a martini as well is Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck makes a return to the big screen. Oh man, and like really, Howard the Duck like looks like he does in the comics, mm-hmm. like like the, super... the brown suit and everything. Yeah, 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 and like the the super big bill, and like you know, it doesn't look anything like the last movie that that movie he was in. Um, yeah, that was crazy. It was crazy. It was because you know Marvel movies have done something great where they make people sit through the credits. Yeah, and it was cool. Nobody moved. Yeah, nobody moved. Yeah, because you know this is the first movie I've seen nobody moved. Yeah. Even when I went and saw Iron Man three, people got up. I'm like, really? Oh yeah. You know they're going to show something, right? Right. Like, are you, are you guys all out of the loop? Like, what's yeah. going on? Uh, in this movie, no one got up. And it was great because it took people a long time to realize what they saw. And then they only really got it because after they show Howard Duck and he has his little bit, they says, it says Howard the Duck is created by Steve Gerber and I forget who else yeah. did it. And everybody's like, oh, Howard the Duck. That's yeah. right. Oh, well, because you're just so taken aback. It is. It is. Like, I, I just didn't believe it and no they're not making a howard the duck movie <laughs> i don't think they could it's <laughs> it's like I, I was teasing all uh, all day yesterday about it but I, I was it's it'd be really hard oh yeah and they made a guardian they made a movie with a talking raccoon in it and and howard the duck might be too difficult to do wait wait what if they do marvel team up for 2017 and it's rocket and howard oh all right <laughs> But that's not a Howard the Duck movie. That's a movie with Howard the Duck in it. Yeah. No, I don't think he could carry a movie, but, right. you know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There isn't going to be a movie where, like, <laughs> Howard the Duck comes to Earth and, you know. Wouldn't it be cool if they did do a Marvel team-up movie where they would just take two characters that, you know, maybe aren't what couldn't sustain a whole movie, but you could do Marvel team-up with Iron Fist and... That would be cool. Well, especially with some of the uh, with the TV shows, mm-hmm. with those shows that they're trying to do, like there, there would be really easy. Yeah, especially then you could have those characters pop up in the in the movies too. So like you could have, well, not in Spider Man, even though that would that would be pretty perfect. But well, but, no, I, I mean, see, what if in Spider Man Mar- Marvel could Marvel? Why Marvel it like ask Sony like, hey, can we use uh, Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker in a movie? I I don't know. I, I have a feeling <laughs> that that Sony probably wouldn't be okay with that, but Sony might be okay with like. Having Marvel's version of Daredevil show up in their mo- in a, you know mm-hmm. in a Spider-Man movie, right? Like, if Marvel could make a really good Daredevil show that people like, then the next time they make a, Mar- a, a Spider-Man movie, maybe Daredevil shows up in it, and you go like, "Oh, cool!" Like, I know I didn't talk about it last week, but I can't believe they're going to put Sinister Six out before the next Spider-Man movie. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I that movie's got to have Spider-Man in it. You'd think I it's don't gotta, know. It's gotta. It's gotta. Like they've got to be. They've They've got to be calling it Sinister Six, but that it's actually a movie where Spider-Man fights the Sinister Six, right? They have that to. has to be what that I've, movie is. I don't know. It has to be what that movie is. It's never been mentioned in it. Amazing Spider-Man is now 2018. I know. That's why I'm saying and that's fine. But no, it's not fine. James Garfield will be, or uh, uh, Andrew Garfield will be too old. <laughs> like I want. It'll be like 35, I think. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Like that's Harrison right. Ford age. Like he's gonna be breaking legs in no time. We'll be all right. 
Um, he still looks like he's in high school. Oh, he totally <laughs> does. I'm just saying, like you, that's that movie has got to actually be a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Comes out in like two years, so they better they better start figuring yeah. out what the shit they're doing. Um, yeah, cool. So yeah, so go see Guardians. Go of the see Guardians of the Galaxy. Man. I'm so glad it was good. Yeah, me too. I was so excited for that movie for so long, and and there that was this it worked part of me and as good as yeah. There's I know my so wife asked if she'd like it. My wife told me she's tired of superhero movies. My wife does not like Star Wars, so when you're combining the yeah. two, it's. I told her I said, but it's funny. Yeah. So I don't know. And maybe at one point a raccoon gets pet. Yeah. And that, that was awesome. Yeah. When Groot, when Groot is spoilers, when Groot is dead, and. Uh, <laughs> and Rocket's there, and that's and Drax's best start, moment in the movie. Oh yeah, he just starts to pet pet him, and at first you're like, "Is he gonna freak out?" And then he's kind of okay with it, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> um, yeah." And then of course, Groot of course comes back. Though I thought, and I think this would have been better if they had just had a shot, like in that montage at the end, if they had just had a shot where that the flower that Groot gave to that little girl started to grow. Yeah. You know? And then Groot was just going to come back that way and then in the next movie like they'd, they'd f- come across Groot again and be like, oh, buddy, you're still alive. <laughs> but um, then you would get that really cute scene of him dancing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Singing and dancing Groot in a, in a pot is just so good. <laughs> um, yeah. That'll be really cool. Next Man. week, we're seeing the movie Brad thought we would never see. Yep. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Michael Bay produced. It might, it still might not happen. Yeah, I guess it's something. There could be an apocalypse. Yeah. Um, who knows? It's really interesting. It could still be a hoax. It's under his Platinum Dunes line. Yeah. And I was watching the making of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which is so not what Platinum Dunes was built Yeah, because the original Platinum Dunes says, oh, we're making movies for less than $20 million. I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is like $150 million. Right. Yeah. I don't well, know. They, were, they were successful for a while, right? Like, Oh, yeah. No, Platinum Dunes makes tons of money. Uh-huh. That Friday the 13th movie uh, cost him $12 million, and it grossed like... 150 million worldwide. Yeah. That's a huge return. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. I, I keep on seeing things where I don't think it looks that bad. Um, I, I think Turtle Purist might not like it though. Oh, they're going to hate it. Yeah. So but they would hate it anyway. Yeah. But we'll see you next week. Yep. On Real Nerds Podcast. Bye. Bye. When was the last time we saw a movie with Megan Fox in it? Um, this is 40. You're right. Good call. Okay. Like how long it took me to think about that? (laughs) (laughs) Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also Spark Mandrill for the wonderful late night jazz smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. I don't remember this song. Hopefully we'll edit that part out. Uh, sure, I can do that. <laughs> or we can just immediately start talking about American Graffiti. We could. I've been trying to get... I realize I don't own it anymore because I, I gave away my DVD and 
It's all right, uh, dude. The Blu-ray is only Blu-ray like twelve ninety nine. I know. I just haven't bought one yet. Uh, which is I, know, I should. I, I should do that too. Yeah. Well, you know, I want my I want my cousin to watch it because she didn't go to college because she didn't see American Graffiti, mm-hmm. um, like a slacker, some kind of Ronnie Howard slacker. Yeah. Stupid Ronnie Howard, teaching people bad lessons. 